with us today, so I thank them. They, they've consented to come out and help me worship. So choir, come on, come on. Amen. what that word bless means. If you're going to bless somebody, you got to open up your mouth. If you're going to bless somebody, you got to say something from within here. So this afternoon, if you want to help me preach, if you want to get me out of here quicker, I, I just need you to do what David said. Oh, magnify the Lord. Come on, y'all. Magnify the Lord with me. Oh, he's been too good. I know some of you got aches and pains in your body, but he's been too good for me to sit or stand and look cute. I'll bless the Lord. I'll yada to the Lord. I'll give him praise, honor, and glory as long as there's breath in my body. I'll, 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 I won't let a rock cry out for me, not on Sunday, not on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, not on Friday or Saturday. Bless him. You ought to bless him. He woke you up this morning. You ought to bless him. He allowed you to be here this afternoon. You ought to bless him. Look at your neighbor. I tell you what, here's how you'll help me. Look at your neighbor and say, God is too good for me to be quiet. Now, if you believe it, stand up on your feet and give him some praise. Glory, glory, glory to his name. Everything I was going to say has already been sung, said, prayed. So may the Lord watch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to my friend, those of you that are members of New Mission know that we have a we have a special bond, and I have a special affection for both this house, its pastor, and its people. I don't take it lightly that you invited me. Y'all, there are so many other great preachers in this city. Y'all could have invited somebody who knew how to preach. But you invited me, and you invited First Baptist, and we don't take it lightly. Your theme, commission to do God's will. Your scripture focus is Matthew 9. 37 and 38, which reads, See, once y'all stand up, y'all gonna have to stand for a minute because I ain't preaching from there. <laughs> which reads, he then said to his disciples, a harvest 
truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. My thing, my topic is what every missionary needs. What every missionary needs. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Isaiah chapter 6, yes, sir. verses 1 through 8. If you have it, say amen. amen. If you're still turning, say wait a minute. All right. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high, lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with thongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also... I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. So consecrate us now, uh, right now, Lord, to this part of the service by the power of your grace divine. And then let our souls look up with a steadfast hope and let our wills, our intellects, our emotions and all that we are be hidden behind the cross and then hide us. Let Jesus be seen instead of me. Let Jesus be heard instead of me. Yes, Lord, I've prepared. Yes, Lord, but they don't need to see me. They don't need to hear me. They need to hear from you. And if we all hear from you, we'll be better and blessed for having been here. So let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my God, my strength, and my redeemer. What every missionary needs Isaiah was called by God to do a certain job. Yes, sir. He was appointed and anointed to be God's spokesman and representative to the nation Israel. But Isaiah had a problem. Yes, he had a preferential uh, deference for a man. Okay. Isaiah loved the king. They were cut. They were tight. And, 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 and Isaiah 
was hindered from doing his job because of his love for the king. We all have people that we love. Some of us love our children. Some of us love our spouses. Some of us love our friends so much so sometimes that they block out God. You understand that God is not going to have any other gods but him. And so Isaiah has the misfortune of having his best friend die. But I'm so glad that God knows how to take a negative situation and put a positive turn on it. Because in the text, the first verse says, in the year that King Uzziah died, my eyes got open. So my first point to the missionaries, if you're going to be a missionary, your eyes have got to be open to see God. You don't need to see what's going on around you only, but you need to see God. We need today in this country, at this point in time, we need to see God. We're all seeing Hillary and we're seeing Trump and we're seeing our country go to hell in a handbasket. But I declare to you, if we just elevate our gaze, if we ever just get a view of heaven, we'll have the same experience that Isaiah had. Why, why do we need a clearer vision of God? Because God is higher than anything. If you stop to think about it, all the trouble on the earth is on the earth. But God is up in heaven. And so God is over whatever trouble. Y'all not hearing me this afternoon. I'll talk to this side. Maybe your trouble is your finances. Maybe your trouble is your, is, is your job. Maybe your trouble is, is your family. I came to tell you this afternoon that God is above all of that. There's nothing that is not underneath God. Isaiah said, in the year the king Uzziah died, I, I saw also the Lord. And, and he wasn't a man. And he wasn't the, 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 the glorified grocer boy. Some of us, I'm not going to say what you said at my church, but I'll say what I said at my church. Some of us act like God owes us something. I came to tell you that if you're a missionary or if you're a stationary, God don't owe you anything. He's God. He's God and he created the universe. He's God. And if he don't need you, why do we come into church believing that because I have on white or black or gold that I'm doing something for the Lord? Honey, if God don't let you breathe, you can't do one thing. Not only is he high and lifted up, Isaiah says he was sitting on the throne. <laughs> That makes him the king. <laughs> we, we don't know anything about king in this country because we get to vote. Uh, if I don't like you, I can vote you out of office. If I don't like you, I can vote another police commissioner. I dare you, vote God out. Let's see how well that works. He was high lifted up and he was enthroned. And then he said in this train, uh, and some of you have gone to weddings and you've seen the bride walk down the aisle. That train just covers... It touches everything. Everywhere she goes, the train goes. If she turns to the right, the train flows out. If she turns to the left, what Isaiah was saying is, everywhere I looked, when I finally came to my senses, I saw God. I wish we could get to that point, that everywhere I look, I see God. When I wake up in the morning, I see God. When I go to work, I see God. When I'm driving in my car, I see God. I see God as, as people are cussing and fussing on TV, I see God. And then, you know what, Pastor? We have a problem in the 21st century church. 
we have opted reverence for relevance. We want to be a relevant culture. We want all the kids to come and enjoy themselves. We want to make people comfortable. We don't want to talk about sin anymore. Well, I came to tell you, let's not trade relevance for reverence because God is worthy to be praised. He's a holy God. He's a God who's a God all by himself. Do you understand that there's nobody like God? Songwriter said, I searched the world over. Still couldn't find nobody. Looked high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater. Uh, my mama, I love my mama. She's not greater than God. I'm crazy about my grandmother who's dead in the grave. Love me some Elaine Harper, but nobody's greater. Not only is God holy, he's eternal. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Before the mountains were brought forth, and ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, thou and thou alone art God. Well, Stevens did it. I said, oh, Lord, if God is all of that, if God is all of that and more, he deserves our worship. We come to church on Sunday morning, we want to give God applause. God did not ask, show me somewhere in, somewhere in that book that he said, applaud me. You applaud singers, you applaud actors, you applaud football players. God don't need applause. What God said is, I'm looking for folk who will worship me. I'm looking for folk who don't mind falling down. See, every time I look in the Word, people who worship fall down. I believe that there were some wise men that came from the East looking for Jesus. They came bearing gold, frankincense, and mirth, and the Bible says, and when they saw him, they fell down and they opened up his treasures. I think that worship demands a humbling of ourselves. We can praise God standing upright, but baby, you can't worship God standing up on your face. Every now and then, when you have a worship experience, it breaks you. It transforms you. It changes you. It humbles you. Worship says, I ain't all of that nor a bag of chips. But God is all in all. Since God is all seeing. You know, God don't ever take a snooze. 24-7 365 days a year, God is wide awake. I want you to think about that for a second. He never gets tired. He never runs out of energy. He never has to wonder about what's going on. He never has to second guess himself. He never has to go for help. (laughs) See, I get crazy. He never runs out of energy to do what needs to be done. He's always knowing what to do before it's time to do it. When you get to the problem, God has already seen the problem, sent you the answer to the problem, and gone on before, and he's sitting waiting for you to get to the next problem just so he can show you that he's the problem solver. And if God is all of that, then why do we have a problem worshiping him? The angels 
have no problem worshiping God. That's what the text says. It says they flew forward. Man, every time I look at this passage, I get crazy. They flew, they flew forward and backwards. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full, not just Cincinnati, but the whole earth is full of it. Not just California, but China. Not just China, but Czechoslovakia. Not just Czechoslovakia, but Africa. Not just Africa, but Arabia. Not just Arabia, but Alsace-Lorraine. Not just Germany, but F Georgia. Holy is the Lord God of hosts. He, the whole earth, everywhere God is, is holy. If wise men had no problem reverencing God and angels have no problem reverencing and worshiping God, what's wrong with us? Oh, y'all worship God, okay. Missionary Christians should never be reluctant to worship God not for what he has done. That's called thanksgiving. Can I say that again? Thanksgiving, praise, and worship are different. Thanksgiving says, thank you for what you've done. And you know what? You ought to thank God. for. Matter of fact, here's a formula. When you begin to say thank you, when you wake up in the morning, you say, thank you that you woke me up this morning. Thank you that I have a reasonable portion of health and strength. Thank you that you allowed my golden days to roll on just a little while longer. Thank you for letting the blood run warm in my veins. Thank you for food on my table, clothes on my back, a roof over my head, money in my... And then when, thank you will push you into praise. Oh, yes, it will. If you stay there and say thank you long enough, you'll start to say, oh, Lord, I realize it wasn't me, uh, but it was you that got me to this place. It wasn't me that carried me, but it was you. It wasn't me, but it was you that protected me and provided me. And then praise will push you into worship. Holy is your name. Glorious is your name. Mighty is your name. Omnipotent is your name. Marvelous, wonderful, spectacular is your name. And I fall on my face and I don't mind worshiping. And worship won't stop with your mouth. Worship will get in your hands and start to make you do the thing you're supposed to do. Worship will get in your feet and make you go where you're supposed to go. But more importantly, worship gets in your heart and begins to change you and rearrange you. It restructures you, makes you brand new, makes you whole again. The angels fly forward and backward. And the post of the door, uh-oh, moved at the voice of him that whispered. Wait a minute. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him who murmured. No? And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried or cried out, or shouted. 
I wish we could go back to the day where black folk wasn't scared to shout in church. I long for the day that men don't mind being eruptive and expressive in church. We done got to the point where if a man says hallelujah, you think he's a sissy. Jesus wasn't no sissy. Jesus knew how to worship. He said, my father, my father, that's male, is looking for them who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And the last time I checked, all 12 of the disciples were male. The apostle Paul was male. Yeah, there was Mary Magdalene and the other sisters, but brothers, I came to tell you, you better worship. Shame on you if you don't worship. Why should God waste his time blessing you if you refuse to worship? Uh, worship, I, t I declare to you, worship will set you free. Worship, worship will free you up, will help you not worry about who's around you, who sees you, who likes you, or who don't like you, because you will then begin to realize it ain't about you or me, it's about God. Every, every, every now and then, missionaries need a worship experience that moves them from the ordinary to the extraordinary. We all need a worship that's wonderful. You don't want to come in a church and have oatmeal every Sunday. I don't. I don't know about you. But every now and then, you need a worship experience that grabs you by your heart and squeezes until you say, Lord, I, 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 I yield. Yeah, and I wish it was every Sunday. Every Sunday, we ought to be able to come through the doors. See, when people say, well, it don't have to happen like that every Sunday, why not? If it don't happen like that every Sunday, it ain't God's problem. That's our problem. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But my praise is pitiful. My worship is weak because my picture of God is flawed. When, when, when God takes his handkerchief and starts wiping away my eyes, then I begin to see clearer that, oh, my goodness, God is high. He is lifted up. He is worthy. He is here. And while he's here and I'm here, then I might as well praise him. Every now and then when you come into these doors, you ought to realize you've been in the presence of God. Not in a building. If all you get when you come here is I've been in a service, you missed it. Because God is walking the floor looking for people to participate in his glory. God don't mind sharing his glory, but he ain't going to share his glory with just any old body. Oh, we looked this morning and we saw that he will share it with the people who are positioned and prepared. Now, if you're prepared to worship God, God will come in and get right there with you and you'll have a great time. But our problem is we come into church preoccupied. I, I got Monday morning on my brain on Sunday afternoon when what I really need to have is nothing more than a picture of God in front of me. As a matter of fact, you need to blank yourself out when you come into those doors. He says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Oh, you ought to be able to say thank you. Thank you when I wake up. Thank you when I go to sleep. Thank you. I, I, I'm just on my way to church. Thank you 
for letting me get to church. Thank you, because I'm going to see people I love. But then enter into his courts. The closer you get to God, the more the earth ought to drop away. The closer we get to God, the more God we ought to see. The more God we see, the more like God we ought to be. I need, when I come to church, I need an explosion. I don't know about you. There ought to be some dynamite. <laughs> uh, it's all right, y'all can go to sleep on me for a second. I'm going to talk to this side again. There ought to be a fire. When Stevens comes in and touches Pastor Venice, yes, psh, ought to be a fire. Amen. When Ernie starts to sing and Deacon Moe's here, it's psh, yes, there ought to be a fire. And if Tom is here, he ought to catch it. There ought to be a fire. And then when the fire starts on the first and second row, you know what a wildfire will do. If there's anything that's going to burn, it's going to jump and it's going to consume everything. Our God is a consuming fire. He wants to set every missionary, every Christian, every child of God on fire. You can't go out and change the world unless you're on fire. This world will put your fire out. But I came to tell you, if you have a fire of the Holy Ghost, you got something that the world didn't give to you, and the world can't take it away, and the world can't put it out. Or you ought to be able to go talk to your friends and neighbors, and they ought to be able to sense there's something on the inside of this person that makes them 24 karat crazy and they don't seem to mind about going crazy and then you'll have an opportunity to tell them, honey, there's some fire down on the inside. Oh, I wasn't like this. We all had a BC day. We all had a day where we wasn't so sanctified and sanctimonious. There were days when you would knock the you-know-what out of somebody if they just looked at you, but now there's something within me that holds the reins, something within me I cannot explain, something within me that says no when I would say yes, and yes when I would say no, and stop when I would transgress and pull me, but there's somebody, not something, there's somebody down on the inside. Every, every missionary needs to have a wonderful worship experience. Verse 4 says, and the house. Help me, y'all. Y'all First Baptist know you need to help me right about here. And the house was filled with smoke. <laughs> the Shekinah glory of the Lord started filling Started with the back row. And God said, ain't enough room. Came up middle ways through the church because some folk were praying. And God said, ain't enough room. Got up to the middle of, of the place. Moved up to where the deacons sit. And God said, uh-uh, there's still some more room. 
went past the pulpit, said, get the preacher out the way, went through the choir box, got the choir out the way. The Bible says the whole house of God was filled with smoke. If you go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 5, around verse 13 and 14, it says it got filled so much that the priests could not stand to go in to minister. I'm looking for the day when believers don't mind getting out the way and let God have his own way in the sanctuary. Every now and then, God ought to be exalted to the degree that he don't have to say nothing in terms of praise because God is preaching, God is singing, God is praying, God is walking. And when the people of God humble themselves and get out of the way, God promises, I'll come down and I'll commune with you. I'll come down and I'll tabernacle with you. I'll come down and I'll make my abode with you. All oh, that we the church in the 21st century would just get out of the way. But I'm scared that there are too many personal agendas. I'm scared that there's too much competition. I'm scared that there's too much trifling with the word of God and God has been hindered in our midst. Isaiah says, then, <laughs> then, after the house has been filled, after I've seen God, whoa, 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 whoa is me. <laughs> I'm a mess, whoa. I'm undone, whoa. I've sinned, whoa. I've said stuff out of my mouth, whoa. I've thought stuff in my mind, whoa. I've, I've done things that I shouldn't have done, woe is me. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing, not the preacher, not the deacon. Not my mother, not my father, not my children, not my boss, not Trump, not Hillary. It's me. I am a man of unclean lips. There's pollution that comes out of my mouth because I don't have the right picture of you. If I just had the right picture of you, I wouldn't cuss. If I just had the right picture of you, I wouldn't lie. If I just could get God in focus, Richard, if I just could get the telephoto focus right and saw God, I wouldn't backbite. I wouldn't slander. I wouldn't puff myself up. So God, it ain't them. It's me. It's me. For my eyes have seen. I saw it. I saw it. How can I just say this? Once you really see God, nothing else. Nothing can ever change that picture. 
even if you don't do what you're supposed to do, nothing else can ever change the picture of God that you saw. Man, it'll mess you up. It'll straighten you up. I, look, there used to be a time, mm-hmm, some of you know, that you, you, you had put something in your body, whether it was through a cigarette or through a bottle. God is so awesome that he could sober you up without coffee. Oh, Lord. My eyes, my eyes. Notice, Isaiah, did nobody preach to him? <laughs> I hate to say this, but God don't need a preacher when he wants your attention. <laughs> he, can, he can invade your bedroom if he wants to. You know, some, some of us know exactly what I'm talking about. God says, oh, you think so? Not today. I want your attention. What else do missionaries need? Well, missionaries need a picture of themselves. Each of us need a picture of ourselves. You know what? This is Sunday and we look so good. We smell so good. We sound so good. What are we gonna look like tomorrow? Matter of fact, what do we really look like on the inside? Today. Today. This picture is a picture that none of us like. When you look in the mirror, what do you really see? What do you really see? When it's just you and God. Your boo done went to bed. Your wife done turned the lights out. The news has gone off, and nobody but you and God. Yeah, yeah, not a pretty picture. Hold on, help us on the way. Isaiah says, after I got depressed, <laughs> then, Somebody I'll say, thank God for the then. <laughs> Whoo! Then flew one of the seraphims unto me. Thank you. Having a live coal in his hands, which he had taken off of the altar, and he laid it on my mouth. Ooh, now I really get excited. What all of us need is a fresh touch from God. We need a fresh touch. For my sins yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I need a fresh touch. For, 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 for those things that I did not do, that I should have done, I need a fresh touch. And since Isaiah said, since my mouth was a problem, God didn't mess around. He told the seraphim, go get the hot coal, which is going to purge him, and put it on his mouth. So when he puts it on his mouth, now he's changed. See, here's what I have to tell you today, missionaries and for the rest of us. When God touches you, you are not the same. You cannot stay the same. You cannot be the same. It's a lie straight from hell. All the confusion, all the mess, all the years we've wasted is because we've believed a lie. We've believed that I can go to church and hate the person I'm sitting next to. We believe that I can go to church and run them down get on the telephone and dial up their address 
and ask God, Lord, bless me, but send them you know where. Lord, give me blessings, but give them messes. Lord, help me, but hurt them. No, God ain't like that. That's the world. And you are not of the world if you have been saved. Now, if you have not, oh, well. Hold on, help us on the way. We need to be cleansed from our unrighteousness. And don't sit here today. I'll be done in a few minutes, so, you know, I might not get to come back, but I got to tell you, do not think that just because you saved, you don't sin. Because if you believe that, then 1 John 1, 9 doesn't apply to you. If we confess, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, but he don't stop there. He's got a wash rag, and he starts taking the soap of the Holy Ghost, and he starts washing you up. Uh, he'll cleanse us. What's your unrighteousness? My unrighteousness is lust. So God said, you got an eye problem? Let me deal with your eyes. My unrighteousness is gossip. God said, well, come on, let me get with your mouth together. Your unrighteousness is pride. God said, okay, I got a scrub brush. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but two, three, four, five times a day, I need cleansing. Every now and then, I got to go back to God and say, I blew it again, Father. And you know what he does? Does he kick me to the curb? No. Does he rehearse my hurts? No. He picks me up, cleans me up, stands me up, pats me on the head and says, run on. I got a job for you to do. I'm so glad that God ain't like man. Man will discard you. Man will disown you. Man will leave you alone. But the God I know comes alongside and said, I promise never to leave you, never to forsake you. Come on, I got somewhere for us to go. God ain't going to leave you stuck like Chuck right where you are because his word, see, here's what we don't understand. It ain't about you, but God is invested in his word. Uh, we, 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 we need to realize that our picture of God is puny. If you ain't getting your prayers answered, maybe your God is too small. Or maybe your life is too raggedy. Or maybe it's a combination of all three. No, we don't like discipline. I'm, this is just to be pitched in. We don't like discipline in the church. We like feel good. Oh, he didn't preach me happy today. If you want a happy meal, it's at McDonald's. Sometimes the word of God cuts you. Listen, I know some guys who work in concrete. You don't use a butter knife for much in concrete. A butcher has to take a very sharp knife to cut meat. Well, we're meat, and God says, I got a sharp knife. It's called the Word of God. Hmm. Missionaries need to have a cross worth preaching. Oh, yes, you do. Without the cross of Jesus Christ, nobody gets saved. Without the cross of Christ, nobody goes to heaven. Without the cross of Christ, nobody gets adopted into God's family. Without the cross of Christ, you have nothing to say. But because Christ died on the cross and God put him in a borrowed tomb, 
Oh, you know that it was like the Holiday Inn, right? You know that he only was going to stay there for the weekend. He had no intentions of making a permanent residence in the ground. You can't keep life in the ground. Oh, plant a seed, I dare you. Go out and plant a seed right now. Fall planting is good right now. I guarantee next week, whatever, next year rather, whatever you put in the ground has come up. And that's what we need to tell a dying world, that we serve a Savior who loved us so much that he did not mind coming down from heaven through 42 generations of Jewish history, did not mind getting on an old rugged cross that did not belong to him at all. That cross was a part of us. We were the ones dead. We were the ones who didn't have any life. But, and now you want a but God experience? But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were still smoking, while we were still cracking, while we were still clubbing, while we were still sleeping around, while we were still getting drunk like a skunk, God sent Jesus before we even got here to die for us. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I think about the all readiness of God, I go crazy because before I got here, my salvation was already purchased. Before I got here, my seat in heaven was already reserved. Before I got here, I was already declared a conqueror. Before I got here, God told me that the devil is under my feet and I can walk in victory. Now, because I know that, I don't mind saying hallelujah to the king. I don't mind telling every boy and girl that to the utmost, Jesus saves. To the utmost. This world has nothing to offer to any child of God. You, 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 you and I need to have a Christ to celebrate. Not only did he die on the cross to pay for your sins and mine, not only did he go in the grave to move them away, but I'm so glad that it didn't stop there. Oh, no, it didn't, because the Bible tells me early one Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. He, he got up, he told death, hell, and the grave, and the devil, you a bunch of losers. You can't handle me. You thought you had me back there on Friday. That was the best that you could do. I want you to know that wasn't a mortal wound. That was just a heel wound. Now I'm about to bust you up, and he came out from the grave, said, get off of me. You can't hold me. Told the devil, you don't have anything in me. There's no hooks. You can't hook me. You can't trick me. And you can't tempt me because I already got over that. And he said, now, death, give me the keys. You ain't strong enough to keep them from me. And he stepped out and he said, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go. Not because you want to. Go because I told you to. Go because I got all power. Go because I got something reserved for you. Go because I want you to be in my army. Go because we all got an enemy. Go because I've empowered you to go. And lo, I will be with you always. Now you got a calling that counts. I'll be with you always. Well, Lord, when they don't like me, I'm with you. Well, what about, what about when they talk about me? I'm, I'm there with you. When you run out of money, God said, don't worry about it. The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. I'll take care of you. You might not live where you want to live. You might not drive what you want to drive. You might not even be able to eat like you want to eat, but I promise I'll take care of you. And lo, I am with you always, 
even until the end of the world. Well, you know what? It does not stop there. They tell me he got on a cloud and he went back to heaven, but before he left heaven, he says, listen, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm a master builder, so I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will. There's the promise right there. If I go, I will come again to receive you unto myself. And whither I go and the way you know. Thomas said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Lord, how do we know where you're going and how can we know the way? He said, Tom, don't you get it? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You don't have anything to worry about it because I am is with you. And when I am is with you, no matter who's against you, they can't do nothing to you. So therefore, my, my, my missionary brothers and sisters, be steadfast, unmovable, always about, do the work. Don't worry about payday now. Do the work. Don't worry about how it feels now. Do the work. It's not your condition that matters. It's your position that matters. And you're in Christ. Do the work. And the Bible tells me, and when the Lord himself shall come back, he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for a group of people who didn't mind serving him in the sunshine and in the rain, going uphill, around hill, downhill, and we all are serving him just to hear, I don't need a whole sentence. All I need is two words, well done. Harper, well done. Didn't have much to work with. Well done. Good and faithful servant, well done. You taught and you preached, you sang and you ministered. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, God, God. Wow. 